It is time for the sermon, and I want to invite up Gideon. He's going to be preaching this evening, and I'm going to pray for him. Lord, thank you that um, we have the opportunity to hear your word tonight. I pray that you would speak to Gideon, that what you have laid on his heart and what he has looked into the word, that it would be communicated clearly, and we open our hearts to receiving what you have to say. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Kieran. How's it, everybody? I like it. Cool. I wish I could greet each one of you personally. Handshake. I would love that. It would really be cool. Something I normally like to do. This morning I found myself at one of the doors in the church um, greeting with the greeters. And it was so much fun. You know, everybody that walks in, you can see when people are new in the church, they walk in like, they don't want to, you know, somewhere greet you. And then I, um, with my very introverted personality, welcome them, and um, I don't know, they don't run away, but they, they do walk in faster, unless I grab them and hug them, because I'm a hugger, just to let you know. As Kieran has mentioned earlier, tonight we are launching the term, theme, thank you, I had a struggle with words earlier, and it almost happened again for this term, so tonight we're going to do that, and I am super excited about it, because um, it's really something that's close to my heart. It's something that I believe each one of us should hear. So as I preach tonight, I was continuously praying in tongues and asking the Holy Spirit that He will open your hearts, that your hearts will be open and receptive to what I have to say, not because of I'm saying it, but because it's something God dropped in my spirit, and I really believe it's something that we all can use. I'm going to try and be as practical as possible tonight. <clears throat> so starting off, I need to tell you a story. You guys know I'm a storyteller. So here goes. I actually, in preparation for the sermon, found out where my obsession, maybe I shouldn't use that, it's a strong word, where my obsession comes from of being an FBI agent or some spy or something. Um, and some of you might know this show, some of you might not know this show. Um, I dug deep, people. I was about eight, nine years old. There was a show on TV when it still was not streamed, you know, on television, you actually had proper cables installed and, yeah, TV basically just came out. So, ooh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, let's leave that there. So the show was called in Afrikaans, Onder die Dakmantel. There we go. Thank you. Now, in English, it's called Covered Up. It just sounds wrong, man. You know, <laughs> Henri Dakmantel also sounds a bit dodgy, but covered up, I don't know, it sounds like a poker game going wrong. But anyway, what happens in this TV show, you had this one guy who was like the embodiment of any agent, like spy. Yeah, in my time. Now when I went and looked on YouTube, I thought, hmm, you know. Anyway, leaving that at that, me as a young kid, little, little boy, Seeing this guy perform and do what he does, it was similar to when the Marines go in and rescue someone and come out. He was undercover in the bush. He could do anything. He could be undercover in the city. You know, he just blended in. So I had this like, ooh, this guy's cool. And then one day, so he was my hero. He was literally my hero. I, if I think of doing something, I think this guy, he's, he's you know, this is how I want to be one day. And then what happened was my parents... 
Yeah, they didn't at that stage know how to drop news properly to kids, you know. Now I'm joking with them. They, they're actually sitting here. Um, <laughs> what they did is they said, listen, I, the show stopped. And I still was thinking about this. Why did this show stop in the middle of, well, in that days, I didn't know it was a season, but it just stopped. And what happened was this guy were on stage. And he took a gun, when those, you know, still they use blanks when they shoot. So it makes a noise, but nothing comes out the bullet. But he said, I wonder if I put this against my head and shoot. And he did. And later he died in hospital. And my world came to a standstill, and I was completely crushed. It was horrible. It wasn't a nice feeling. And I remember that I was actually crying because of this guy. I don't... <laughs> you know, it was just an emotional state I was in, okay? So it was hectic for me. The thing what happened in this is, what it caused for me is that I really wanted to be like this person. I really wanted to be like a hero to someone. This, this story made me feel like one day I also want to be the hero in the story. You understand? And I think tonight, as I maybe have shared that, you can also think back, way back, to when that, you know how far back this goes? Do you remember the song from Bonnie Tyler, I Need a Hero? I need a hero, I'm holding on for a... I'm not going to carry on, okay? Maybe you... <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it in the deep voice. Maybe you also like that, but maybe it makes you think that a long time ago, you also had someone you looked up to who you thought, I want to be like that person. Um, I'm going to use Olivia as an example. She said I shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway because I asked my wife, you know, because she is my wife, who was your hero and, and what happened? And she says, when I was small, it's, <laughs> you're not like to snort when you laugh in church. When I was small, she says to me, um, I, I wanted to be a, now all of you know her, okay? I wanted to be a, a musician, a rock star. And the songs that she said was, Okay, there we go. So, same thing. She wanted to be like these Afrikaans ladies that's singing. And Princess Diana was one of her heroes, which is a good hero. She did good things. But the point of the story is, my wife also had someone she looked up to and she wanted to be like someone. And I believe many of you here same thing. You wanted to be like someone. And you see, the thing is, tonight, why I'm telling you these stories is because the theme of this term is a body of heroes. We're going to be looking at heroes. You, you know all the big names in the Bible that always mentions. We're specifically going to look at New Testament people. But in the Bible, we always use Peter, John, James, you know, James, the brother of Jesus. Do you know that there was another disciple called James? You know how they remember him? They say James the Less. Yeah, that's how they say it was James, Jesus' brother, and James the Less. And that's how he's remembered. So it's very interesting. So we're going to be focusing on a lot of people that you might, well, I hope you've heard of or read about them. But there's going to be a lot of people mentioned in this time. You see, the church of Jesus is one body made up of regular people like you and me. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we do heroic feats for Jesus and for the Father. That's the body we are made up of. And I think that is what we want to bring across in this term. It's very strong that you and I, as ordinary people, I don't have to be a Paul 
or a Reinhard Bonke or someone like that. I need to be me and who I am for Christ to be able to be a hero for Jesus. Okay, so that's where I want to go to tonight in the sermon. Um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7, he said that each one has been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Each one. Not just some. Each person has been gifted by the Holy Spirit to be able and empowered to be a hero. And also it says that it starts by being rooted and established in love in Ephesians 3.17. I'm going to read that scripture right at the end for us. You'll see it. And Peter himself said, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm using the big names for scriptures, references, sorry. I should have used Titus or something. But anyway, so Peter said in 1 Peter, he said that we are living stones and Jesus is the cornerstone. And I thought tonight, before I tell you about all these heroes, I first need to tell you about the hero. You see, as I was preparing tonight and as I was thinking, you know, there's a reason we, when we were small, wanted to be like someone when we grow up. But now I want to speak to the moment you get born again, to us that has accepted Jesus as our Savior, someone else takes the place who we want to be like or be with and be a hero for the people around him because of that person. In Isaiah 42, verse 13, it says the following, and this is where I want to get to. It says, The Lord shall go forth like a mighty man. Speaking of the Father, Father God. He shall stir up his zeal like a man of war. He shall cry out, yes, shout aloud. He shall prevail against his enemies. In Hebrew, this is called Jehovah Gibor. G-I-B-B-O-R. The God who defends. This God is our hero. And I wanted to make it very clear tonight because that, I think, is the, the starting point of anything that we do. We need to recognize that there's a God in heaven, Father God, who created everything, who holds everything together. He spoke the world in existence with his voice. He took time to make Adam, not speak Adam into existence. He made Adam. And this God who holds everything together the Bible says he's got the universe in his hand. This God, he says, I am your hero and I am your defense. And while I was preparing this, I felt, and even in the pre-service prayer, guys, you must really come to the pre-service prayer. It's a good time of praying. God really stirs our hearts there. Not, not for the service as, as much as what he stirs your hearts for yourself personally as well. We um, were praying tonight and I felt... God wanted to establish his joy in people's hearts again. And even while I was preparing this, I felt that the God who defends, this God is on your side. I feel there's people that's going through tough times, really sticky times this year. Um, I spoke to uh, um, one of my friends here at church the other day, and he says it's like this year when the punches come, they come hard. But at the beginning of the year, God said I must ask him for his kindness. Let him show me kindness this year. And God has been showing us kindness through the difficult times because he is Jehovah Gibor, the God who defends. He is my ultimate hero. I'm standing there and I'm making a statement. God the Father is my ultimate hero. You want to know why? When I gave my life 
to Jesus and accepted Jesus in my heart as King and Savior and surrendered my life to Him, I had a deep, deep conviction that I am now saved. I'm not going to hell. I am going to heaven. So, and, it, and it wasn't that I was fearful of hell. It was that I was, I was thankful that a God cares so much about me that He sends His own Son, that I need to believe in His Son. And by doing that, I will have eternal life. And that, for me, is a hero. I know some of you have children, some of you don't. I was thinking, would I give, now a lot of you know my sons, would I give my son to die for someone else? It's a big question to ask. As I was preparing, you know, Emil, mm -mm. I, I won't do that. But Father God knew that's the only way. And in my books, that makes him the hero of heroes. So we start there knowing that Jehovah Gibor is on our side and he is the God who defends. He defends us. And from there, I want to go into this of just mentioning a couple of guys. Knowing that God is my hero, I want to mention some people in the New Testament because people, as we're going to preach through the term, People are going to focus on some guys, and so I just want to give an overview of some of the people, not a lot, because of time and everything, but I want to mention some people and just something that resembles in their lives, and then we're going to go from there, because I believe right at the end of the sermon, there's ministry time that God wants to come and touch each of your hearts. I'm go I need to allow the Lord to come and move amongst us. As I was preparing this, I really felt that God wants to come and touch people's hearts tonight. So in me preaching, you can so long start preparing your heart. There was a guy, I'm saying a guy because I don't know the name, because the Bible doesn't give his name, on the cross with Jesus. There was two guys, but the one guy, the one guy slandered at Jesus and said nasty things, but the other guy humbled himself, and he said, Lord Jesus, please remember me today when you go to the Father. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise, Luke 23. A humble heart is a good place to start if you want to be a hero. Being full of pride and someone that says, I know everything. Even if you know everything, sometimes coming in humbly, in, humbled into a situation can change a lot of things around you. Just the right spirit. So that's something I learned from his life. Then there was another lady called Phoebe. She was a deaconess. In the Bible, if you go and read about her, Phoebe was interesting because it says that she took one of the epistles to Paul where he was in Rome. She took time off and she said, I'm going to take some of my time and I'm going to give it to the Lord's mission. In Hatfield, we, we know that our mission statement, God's kingdom, hearts, homes and beyond. Where am I taking time off to help with the mission? Because she was on a mission, she's helped Paul, but she knew the greater mission that Paul was on for Jesus Christ. So she, she took some time off from her own time. We've got friends the other day that um, I know we were in a sticky situation. We couldn't take someone to the airport, and um, we needed to help them. We phoned a lot of people, and this one guy said, no, I'll take off from work. And he took them. That's so amazing. So, yeah, there's Phoebe. He's not a girl, he's a guy. Phoebe was a lady. Then the next guy is called Apollos. We find him in Acts 18. So Apollos brings me to the people I actually want to talk to you to, about tonight. Apollos preached the gospel of John. 
So he was very fluent. He was, he was um, studied in the Old Testament. He knew the scriptures well. So that's something I first learned from him is we need to know the Bible. When I want to be a hero, I need to know the Bible and what the Bible says so that I know truth when I speak to someone. Because he knew truth, but he didn't know all the truth. I almost want to say he didn't know the truth. Because what happened was he was preaching the baptism of John and actually converting people to that. And there was these two people, before I tell you about them, what was said was, this is what Paul says about Apollos. He says, um, Paul said that he planted, Apollos watered, and God gave growth. So Apollos was fluent in the word that he could actually preach and help do discipling. But now while he was preaching this, there were two people with him that listened to him and they heard him. And that's Aquila's, oh, Priscilla and Aquila. Oh, is that correct? Yeah, sorry. They, they said different ways around, Aquila and Priscilla. So the one book says Priscilla and Aquila, and the other book says Aquila, um, Priscilla and then Aquila. So it made me, it confused me a bit. Sorry, I get like that with couples. Anyway, you know, it's also interesting. I keep forgetting our friends' names of their children. That's something that's nowadays going out of my mind. So please excuse me. Aquilas and Priscilla, these two, that's where I want to get to tonight. They were, man, they were servants. So wherever they went, they served the body of Christ. And we too can, wherever we go, serve. We can say, I open myself up and here I am. How can I help you? How can I serve it says that when I read up about them, it says that wherever they went, they opened their home. So they, they had house church or church at their home. And they've started a church in their house. So it's a lot like life groups in us with the young adults. We've got life groups. We've got people that open their homes so that other people can come and be blessed. And sometimes you might think that, is that really so, such a big heroic thing to do? But you know what? We live in a society, you just have to look around you to see how high the walls are. We lived in, we're living in a closed-up society. For you to open your house for someone to come in and live already says something to them like, what's happening here? And maybe just you inviting them in is already something they would have never done for someone else. And when they step into your house and they see the hospitality, they, they start getting discipled, maybe the next person they see is the person that will go and preach in Africa and thousands of people will come to know Christ just by allowing your house to be open for people to come to you. It also says there that Aquila and Priscilla, what happened was at one stage Paul said, they risked their necks for me because they were living in dangerous times. So, so what Paul said was, you know, they followed him, they were with him when he ministered, they sometimes traveled with him, and they risked their necks, meaning in those days, um, they were persecuted, and the people were killed for their faith. So these two weren't scared of that, they always moved together, whenever you read of them, they're together. I'm not saying, well, if you're single, get someone, move together, but I'm not saying that that's the only way when God moves, but it shows me that when we move in unity together as a body, God can bless that. He doesn't want us to go out on our own tangent and just do our own thing. He wants us to move together as a body. 
it's better doing things together than being a hero on your own. I don't think that is, that is how I see how the world portrays heroism many times. It's one guy standing up and saving everybody. We already have Jesus that did that for us. But he's called us as a body together saying, you all come. I want all of you to stand together for one purpose. And in doing that, we can be a wave that cannot be stopped because we move together. So that's Aquila and Priscilla. Aquila and Priscilla, sorry. <laughs> it's been happening a lot. Yeah, so those, that's those two. And then we find a lot of other people. Like I mentioned, James the Less. He's also in there. We get Titus. We get all these people. There's some people's names I cannot even mention um, or, or pronounce. It's difficult. I hope some of the preachers are going to learn how to pronounce the names. But we get so many people that we can learn from in the Bible that's heroes in their own way. And I thought tonight, how can we be heroes? What makes us heroes? Firstly, I recognize, like I said at the beginning, that I have a hero, that's Father God, because he sent Jesus, and Jesus lives inside of me. And because of that, because of Jesus inside of me and the Holy Spirit empowering me to do heroic feats for God, isn't that incredible when you just sit and think of that, that God can actually use any ordinary human being to fulfill a purpose that he, as God, could have done himself, but he entrusts us to do that. And that's a huge responsibility on our shoulders, but there's grace, and God walks with us. And in any situation you find yourself in, God wants to be in it with you because he's Jehovah Gibor, our defense. All I need to do is say, Lord, here I am. I'm available. You see, in closing, all these guys that I read about in the New Testament have got something in common. And this is where I said earlier tonight that I want you to open your hearts. They all have got something in common, and that is they opened their heart to be a home for the hero of heroes. They opened their hearts and they said, Lord Jesus, you come into my heart. I cannot do this on my own. You need to be in my heart. And it's a place where there's a scripture in Psalm that says, search my heart, O God. And I read that scripture the one time and I thought, mm, Lord, but you search my heart. I asked this question. I said, Lord, can I search my heart with you? Because I want to create a room in my heart for God to dwell in. And as I'm speaking, maybe you're thinking, is my heart a real place for God to dwell in? Maybe there's things in my heart like bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe there's things that you constantly think of that's making you feel like you're condemned, like making you feel this condemnation or guilt. You're doing things that you think, uh -uh, no, my heart cannot be a place for Jesus. I want to encourage you tonight that your heart Jesus comes in your heart as is when you invite him in. The Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks. You have to let him in. And he comes in as your heart is. And then he starts cleaning up. And you help him clean up what's inside there. So I felt tonight to give an opportunity. If there's anybody that has never, ever given their lives to Jesus, that's someone that says, you know what, Gideon? I have never said, Lord Jesus, my heart is yours. 
I've always just had my heart for myself. Speaking to people that's never said, I surrender my life to Jesus. I accept you as my Savior. I want to give an opportunity that we pray together and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. So I want you guys just to bow your heads just where you're at. And if you never prayed that before, just pray after me. Lord Jesus, I have never come to this point where I said, my heart is yours. And tonight, for the first time in my life, I want to say, Lord Jesus, you come into my heart. I repent of all the things I've done wrong, all the things I feel I've done wrong, all the things I've known I've done wrong. I repent of that tonight. And I recognize that I need you. I surrender my life to you completely. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer tonight, I'm going to ask you to do a big step. There where Skulk is at the host table afterwards, I need you to go and write down your name there because I want to contact you and I want to make personal contact with you just to celebrate with you for praying that prayer. But also, many times when we do give our lives to Jesus, when we do accept Him for the first time, it's like, I've got this excitement. I feel I'm going to heaven. I feel there's something happening, but what now? And we need someone just to walk with us and to tell us more about what to do next, what to do with this feeling, this excitement inside of us. And then the second part, what I want to do tonight, is while I was speaking, with regards to our hearts, for the people that has already accepted Jesus in their hearts. Maybe you feel, you know, when I was preparing this, I felt there's a, you know, in, in our hearts, I saw a picture of how there's chambers that's locked up and not open. And I felt tonight that the Lord wants to come and ask you to open those chambers. So I'm going to give time. There's a song from Bethel called Home. I'm going to give time they're going to play it just now. And in that time, I want you to sit. The lyrics is on, so you can sing with if you know the lyrics and know that song. Or you can just sit and read while the guy sings. Beautiful song. But listen. And in that time, say, Lord, where in my heart do you need to come in? And be bold tonight to say, I want to open this part up. Because why? Because you want to be a hero. You want to do heroic things for Jesus. And sometimes I feel like, how can I do something because I feel there's things in my heart that's holding me back. I don't want to be that person. I want to say, Lord, my whole heart belongs to you. So as we go into the song, allow the Lord to come and show you things in your heart. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad things. Maybe it's, I read the Bible every day. Maybe God wants to challenge you to read him twice a day. You know? He's just inviting you to come closer. We mustn't always think that there's something bad in me. Sometimes there's just God wants more. So maybe tonight God's going to show you something in your heart where he says, I want to be more in this area. Okay, you can play the song.